Hello, welcome to episode number 35 of the Forkham Podcast. Do apologize for the delay from the last episode. We are back. Had a little vacation and uh, work in agriculture, and that's involves about 100 straight days of work. So uh, definitely needed the time off to regroup and recharge. But I am back. I am thankful for each and every one of you that are listening to the Farcom Podcast. A lot to cover today. We're going to talk about men's and women's basketball, as well as some of the upgrades with football, new offensive and defensive coordinators, and the newly released 2022 Demon football schedule. Going to start off talking about the women's basketball team. The mid-season tournament for the Southland Conference was canceled uh, due to COVID concerns. I felt it really hurt the Lady Demons. Uh, as I mentioned on the last episode, I thought UL Monroe really kind of almost figured out uh, what we'd like to do. Great coaching staff over there, and then Charlton kind of copied it. I was hoping we'd have that midseason tournament to kind of work out the kinks and the problem when you do have a young program like the Lady Demons is you're going to have these growing pains uh, as you develop an offensive identity teams will adjust so you're going to have to get new wrinkles uh, it's something uh, you see a lot of times in the NFL you'll have a team uh, putting up some ridiculous numbers somebody will figure out something on it and all of a sudden that product production goes down and it takes them a while to kind of get the groove back and I think it's the same thing kind of applies to women's basketball uh, early in the season I thought even last year we did a good job a dribble drive penetrating going inside, then looking out and making some crisp passes, getting some open looks and some good uh, looks on some back cuts going to the goal. Yoa Monroe really did a good job kind of switching almost to a zone, clogging up that lane. And it really took away a lot of our offensive power and put us in some pretty bad situations on the court. Unfortunately, uh, you know, with that conference tournament uh, getting canceled, we ended up placing, uh, facing Southeastern on the road to start off conference play on Saturday and it was not a good game uh 45 to 18 at the half they uh, outscored us 25 to 4 in the second quarter and basically every time we drive in they would collapse on us take away those outside uh looks those outside passes it forced us to have a lot of times when we had the ball with nowhere to go which would either lead to a uh, unforced turnover or a really bad shot or us with about five to ten seconds where we wouldn't have good ball movement, good rotation around the court, and it allowed them to kind of dictate where we were going with our offense. I thought in the second half we did kind of adjust a bit, but we are just in too much of a hole, and Southeastern just uh, put a whooping on us, 90 to 56. Uh, in no means do I think this is a cause for concern or cause for alarm for the program. Uh, end of the day, you know, this is a team that won one game last year. They are getting back. Do want to mention Candace Paramore? She did really good, 20 points. Uh, I thought when she had good luck, she made the most of them. Someone else I'm going to mention, she only had eight points. But Jemiah Braxton, I thought, played really well, especially defensively. And I thought just on offense, she kind of did a good job moving around, trying to get help on those plays when they kind of blew us out. But, uh, you know, overall, you know, it was a tough loss, but these are growing pains to be expected. Now, if this becomes a trend in the next couple of weeks, then there's, I think, cause for concern. But, you know, I still do trust Coach Nims and staff. I think they're building something good. 
unfortunately, sometimes when you are building back a program, and uh, let's be honest, the women's basketball program, it pretty much hit rock bottom. And, you know, it's a long way to go up. You're going to have these little hiccups. And that's what the big goal is going forward. Is this just a hiccup? You know, tough schedule coming up on Thursday. We'll travel to Nickel State and Saturday at UNO. And UNO, I consider an upset. They beat Nickel 69-68. I'm sorry, lost 69-68 to Nichols. UNO actually had a shot at the end of the game. Uh, It was a rebound and tip-in that looked to have won the game for the privateers. Official waved it off. And uh, upon replay, it was a good call as uh, the time did expire. But really good showing by UNO. And they've played... Uh, really minimum number of games due to a ton of COVID cancellations for them. Thursday, I think, will be really important for the Lady Demons as Nichols historically have been a bad matchup for us, just the style of play they have. They're always very big, very physical inside. Remind me a lot of the UL Monroe team we faced a couple of weeks ago, and they're going to do that same thing. They're going to be very physical in the lane, let you go in and then collapse around your guard going in, take away those outside passes and force your guard to make either a difficult pull-up or go in with a layup with contact. And that really doesn't play to our strengths. So uh, one thing that was bad, we had 35% shooting. That has got to improve. Uh, We've got to get up, you know, 40, 45% or better. I'm really intrigued to see how we play against the Nichols Colonels. That's going to be a really... uh, I think a real telling game to see if we can adjust what our coaching staff does. I expect to have a couple of new wrinkles in there. And I'm sure, you know, everything I'm saying, they're addressing. And, uh, you know, I know they, they're definitely on top of it. So, you know, big, big game and big weekend coming up for the Lady Demons at Nichols and at UNO. Uh, moving on to the men's team. Uh, men right now stand at 4-14 four and 14 on the year 0-1. Oh and one. Uh, In a midseason tournament, Start off with a tough loss to A&M Corpus Christi, 89-67 in that game. We start off really good first half. Second half, we just seem to fall apart. Uh, and Texas A&M Corpus Christi is a really solid team. Came back with a win over Infinite Word, 83-80. to That was another game that um, really UIW is not a very strong team, so it was a game we really had to win. Then lost a heartbreaker, 80-79 to to UNO. I'll go back to that in a second. Over the weekend, we lost 79-74 to Southeastern. And one thing that really, really stands out to me is just a really bad final possession in both games. I thought with UNO and Southeastern, we had chances toward the end of the game to either take control or take the lead. And our our possessions looked really, really poor, I'd say, in the last three minutes of each game. And to me, that's the difference between a good team and a bad team is good teams know how to finish, bad teams don't. And right now, I don't know what it, what's the cause for it, but it seems like we're kind of pressing in those last three to four minutes of the game, taking bad shots. We're forcing up bad shots. We're trying to kind of play above ourselves. We're playing hero ball as opposed to just working the offense and taking a good quality shot. Uh, in fact, against Southeastern, uh, we had one uh, later on later on in the game, and had a shot from the top of the key that really was an ill-advised shot. It was an open shot, but we still had time on the clock, and I think it could have been worked around a little better. Uh, and that's something we'll definitely have to improve on as finishing games. Uh, another really telling statistic in it is as a team on the season, we're only shooting 63% from the free throw line. Against Southeastern, we were 12 of 23, and in the second half, we were 6 of 17. Uh, you know, we just convert those shots. We 
defeat the Lions. Instead, a really tough loss to a Lions team that did win the midseason tournament. If there is a positive on this is we did play a talented UNO team and a talented SLU team uh, very close, and those are two teams that I have high hopes for. Uh, UNO in particular, we'll have to give credit to Carvel T said he has really proven to be valuable for the team, giving us an outside presence. I think we do need to kind of emulate what the girls do, you know, get more drive penetrations in the lane and then kick it out to T set. You know, I find at times, especially toward the end of the game, like against Southeastern, we did a good job driving in, getting contact, getting to the line, getting some easy looks. And the last three, four minutes, it seems like we didn't move the ball as well and we're taking some mid-range shots that were either contested or just um, not really working the ball around. And that's something that we, you know, definitely have to improve on. But T set on the year, uh, 23-64 from three-point range, 35%. That's really good numbers. So moving forward, I'd like to see him get more and more involved in that offense. Coming up, it's going to be a tough uh, stretch coming up. We'll have uh, Thursday at Nichols, and Nichols is a very, very good team. They end up getting upset by Southeastern in that midseason tournament final, but that is a very good Southeastern, um, very good Nichols team. And, uh, you know, you look throughout the year, they have played some really tough uh, competition and played Minnesota. We're actually leading Minnesota most of the game until the very end Minnesota made a run to win the game. Uh, so we're going to see really quickly on Thursday what this team is made of because Nichols, in my opinion, with them and Corpus Christi are the two best teams. On Saturday, we will travel to UNO. And UNO, and this goes back to Nichols, they upset Nichols 78-66 to start the season, uh, which means Nichols is coming to our game on a two-game skid. Probably provides motivation. I'm sure they're going to come out ready to roll. UNO is a team early on in the season. I felt UNO would be one of the top contenders in the conference. Uh, in fact, I had them, uh, in my opinion, I thought it was be Nichols and UNO to lead the conference. UNO hasn't played to their potential, but with that game against Nichols, you could see it's definitely there. Uh, you know, we played them in the midseason tournament. They're a quality team. Coach Schlesinger, of course, formerly assistant at Northwestern. You know, he does a tremendous job. UNO literally took that team from being dead. Um, those that aren't aware, UNO had voted to drop all athletics down to D3. Reverse chorus, Coach Lessinger came in to a program that was in shambles and has built up a solid contender in the privateers. So it's going to be a really, really tough road swing this week at Nichols and UNO. I'd like to say we need to steal at least one of these games to stay competitive. Uh, if we start off 0-3, that's going to put us behind the eight ball to start. End of the day with the men's team, though, I find we just have got to play more consistent ball. We are not playing to the level we need to play to be a winning team. And especially those last three, four minutes, we've got to do better. Because uh, the last two games, if we just win those last three minutes of each game, we right now have a much different conversation. So lots to look forward to uh, going on with the men's team. I'm going to talk about football in a second, but first a word from our sponsor. Uh, looking ahead to football next season, going to be really interesting for the Demons. A lot of news, and some of this isn't necessarily new news. I just didn't want to have small news uh, you know, spread throughout. I thought it would be easier just to kind of condense everything into one segment. And the big news is Cody Krill from UIW, the new offensive coordinator. Weston Glazer, the defensive coordinator at Campbell, will take over that position in Northwestern. And the big news today is... 
the 2022 Demon football schedule officially announced, and I will break that down. Uh, first, though, looking at those coordinators, Cody Krill, I'm really excited to see what he can bring to Northwestern. He led UIW. Uh, UIW had a really prolific offense, went to the playoffs, almost upset defending champions Sam Houston. Of course, Sam Houston ended up losing out to Montana State, and North Dakota State ended up uh, winning the FCS title in uh, just dominant fashion over a very good Montana State team. Going to be, uh, you know, watching that game, you could just see the golf between North Dakota State and everyone else, and also their line play is very physical, and that's something uh, my takeaway from that is, is if you're going to beat North Dakota State and win a championship, you've got to have physical line play on both sides of the ball. Uh, where Cody Krill comes in is UIW, very prolific. They were led by Cameron Ward, 345 of 529 during the regular season for 4,100 yards, 42 touchdowns and 10 picks. They put up a lot of numbers uh, compared to Northwestern last year. Of course, both teams in the Southland. UIW averaged... 39.5 points a game. Demons only 19.5. Demons 149 yards rushing a game to UIW's 127, but NSU only had 3.9 yards per rushing attempt. UIW 4.6. Big difference, and this is just staggering the difference here. UIW last year 487 yards passing per game to Northwestern's 212. We had 6.18 yards per attempt, passing UIW 7.84. Again, UIW, Coach Krill, last year, he liked to sling the ball around, uh, really an air raid style of offense. If you watched uh, you know, Texas Tech in recent years, especially when they had Mike Leach as their coach, um, you look at you know those types of offenses, that's what Krill likes to do. He likes to just sling it around, spread the ball out, get athletes in position and just let them make plays in open field. Uh, really complex uh, routes receiving. He likes to do a lot of timing routes. Uh, really fun to watch, and if you go watch those games against UIW, Northwestern has had, you get a good glimpse of what he likes to do. Uh, the big question, though, is how much did that offense rely on Cameron Ward? And uh, to credit of Cameron Ward, he was a fantastic quarterback. And how effective will his offense be with Cameron Ward out of the picture? And that will be interesting. And, of course, the other side for Northwestern, uh, while UIW was putting up points uh, – Constantly, the Demon football team had a lot of three and outs last year. There were plenty of games where over half of our possessions were three and outs. And as a result, it hurt both offensively and defensively as we constantly started our drives around the 20-yard line, 15-yard line with you know 80 yards to drive, whereas the opposing teams had constantly starting possessions and positive yardage on their side of the field, you know, near the 50-yard line, and that's because our offense simply wasn't moving the ball, so we never flipped the field. So even if they don't put up the 40 points a game UIW had last year, I think if we can just move the ball with some consistency, get two or three first downs each drive where we can flip the field back and make them drive long, I think it'll have a positive benefit on both sides of the ball. So really interested to see what Cody Krill will bring to the table. Uh, definitely, you know, he had some really impressive numbers at UIW. How it translates to Northwestern remains to be seen, but I'm really, uh, really intrigued uh, to see what he brings to the table. And he was a hire I did not expect, but really, really pleased we were able to bring him in. The defensive coordinator, Weston Glazer, 
A lot of people may not be familiar with him. He was at Campbell. They finished 3-8, and eight, but they had a really tough schedule. Uh, I, I would say their schedule is much tougher than Northwestern's. Uh, they played at Liberty, lost 48-7. 11th-ranked Kennesaw State, a 30-7 loss. And James Madison, who beat them 51-14. to James Madison, of course, ranked third. And uh, really in, had a good chance to knock off North Dakota State in the semis. I would venture to say James Madison was the second-best team in the nation. Uh, they absolutely picked apart Southeastern in the playoffs. So with them losing to those teams, I don't really find too much negative on that. And also the fact that it's hard to really gauge defensive numbers whenever their offense a lot of times did struggle. So their defense was kind of kept on the field for a long time for Campbell. So when you look at these numbers, you do have to kind of put that in consideration with the strength of schedule and the fact that they had to put a lot of minutes on the field. But even with that, their numbers were better than what we had last year. They gave up 28.9 points a game, Demons last year, 34. They gave up 157 yards rushing per game, Demons 179. And both teams about even 4.4, 4.5 yards per attempt. Uh, the big difference, and this is big here, Demons gave 263 yards passing per game, 8.8 per attempt. Campbell, 245.8 per game and 7.31 per attempt. Weston Glazer, his defenses are known for being really good against the pass. Uh, that's his M.O. So when you look at what the teams like to run in Southland, I think that will be a benefit if he can enact that at Northwestern. But uh, definitely a wild card on that one. Hard to get a big read on it, but uh, very excited to see what he could bring to the table. And I do think the fresh faces coming in will be, you know, a big benefit for the Demons. And, you know, coming into the season, it's do or die time for Coach Laird. You know, this is, uh, you know, this is going to be the make or break for that, you know, tenure for that coaching staff. So, Really exciting to see, and I know what Coach Blair can bring to the table. He's done good things defensively and offensively throughout his career, and if you look at the pedigree of Coach Krill and look at the pedigree of Coach Glazer, I can see this working really well for Northwestern, Uh, but we do have to have realistic expectations in the fact that we have been a poor team the last couple of seasons, Um, not expecting to go down to North Dakota State and you know, knocking them off necessarily, not saying it won't happen, but, you know, have to keep our expectations real. And I think for the Demons next year, what you want to see is a non-losing season and be competitive in conference. And hopefully in the last two weeks of conference, be in position to possibly win a conference title and make the playoffs. I'm not saying we necessarily have to make the playoffs next year, but we have to be competitive. And I think that's the goals and they're realistic. Looking ahead to the schedule, though, which was just released, uh, it's a pretty tough schedule, to to be fair. We'll start off on September 3rd, traveling to Missoula, Montana, taking on the Grizz. The Demons have played there before. Uh, results have not been too kind for the Demons. Missoula, Montana, one of the more picturesque scenes, not only in FCS, but in all of college football. If you have not seen their stadium, uh, please go online and just take up pictures of their stadium and check it out. And the atmosphere, they pack the place in every year. Uh, just one of the best atmospheres, very loud. Um, it's surrounded by mountains, that stadium, so the sound stays in, and it's a really intimidating atmosphere. On the plus side, we'll play it in September, so uh, we will get to avoid the snow and uh, below freezing temperatures that 
fans have seen at Montana in the playoffs, which makes it so tough. But I like the opening at Montana. They're a really tough team. But if you are where we want this program to be at, if we want to be the program that we want the Demons to be, you have to go into Missoula, Montana and show you can compete with those teams. Because if you can't, then it doesn't matter. And you could say, well, we could win the Southland, but realistically, the Southland is not a good football conference. Our conference champion got absolutely bombed at James Madison. So to me, our goal shouldn't be winning the conference. Our goal as a program should be to be able to compete with and eventually defeat Montana's, North Dakota State's, the James Madison's, the Eastern Washington's. That's just my opinion. I think so. I love the trip to Montana, great scenery, and it's going to be a big challenge for us. And to be honest with you, um, playing at a Montana, that's going to be a tougher trip than most of the teams around the area. You know, we played North Texas last year on the road. I, I would venture to say Montana's a better team. And I don't mean that as disrespect to North Texas, but I would take Montana over a North Texas, a Louisiana Tech, or UL Lafayette. Uh, that's just a quality program. I'm really excited to see what they do. And, of course, with Montana, they just watched our tribal Montana State make a run to the championship game. So, you know, they're going to come out fired up to try and regain control of that state. After that, we'll go to Independence Stadium in Shreveport on September 10th to take on Grambling. Uh, that's going to be a fun game. Grambling will have a new coach. Uh, coach Fobbs uh, was fired over the season. And Demons will be taking on Grambling. Uh, we've had a mixed bag against them. I think if the Demons do win or do play well, we should be able to defeat Grambling. They're not a necessarily tough team, but they are a quality team. And Hugh Jackson coming in as head coach is going to give them a little pedigree. Uh, I know a lot of people are really high on Hugh Jackson. Myself personally, um, I liked Coach Fobbs, but, you know, it is what it is, but uh, Hugh Jackson does have a really impressive pedigree, so I do expect them to come in and be really, really um, excited with him as a coach. And then, of course, playing in Shreveport, that's going to be fun. Uh, last time we played there was uh, over a decade ago when we hosted a Southern University at Independence Stadium with a win over them. Hopefully we can get a good demon crowd at that game. After that, we'll be traveling to Southern Miss in Hattiesburg. It'll be another tough one, uh, very very similar to North Texas last year. Southern Miss has struggled uh, recently compared to their heyday, but they're still a quality opponent. Uh, we have played at Southern Miss before with a loss a long time ago. But, uh, you know, it's going to be another quality team. So really tough schedule to start off. And then another tough uh, return home. We'll finally have our first home game on September 24th against Southeastern, and then October 1st against Nichols. So you look at that opening schedule at Montana, Grambling and Shreveport, at Southern Miss, Southeastern Nichols. Uh, that's really tough. And then after that, you will be traveling to Eastern Illinois. So you know, if the Demons don't play well, that right there are six games we could easily lose if we don't play well. But also six games I think that we have the capability to win if we do. Uh, Montana, I think, is the toughest of that entire group. Southeastern will be the only home and home game of the season. Uh, we will actually play them again on November 12th. That will be in Hammond. That is the only team we play twice. Um, just assuming that is UIW, of course, not on a schedule. They are going to the WAC. 
So that may be the replacement for them. But, uh, you know, like the rest of the schedule, you know, at Eastern Illinois on the 8th, at Houston Baptist on the 15th, return home against Southeastern Missouri. Then we'll travel to Texas A&M Commerce on November 5th. That's a game I'm really excited to see to see what Commerce brings to the table. Return to Southeastern on the 12th, and then the big home finale on the 19th against McNeese. And, you know, they're going to come out wanting to avenge the loss in Cowboy Stadium last year. So, you know, for football, really, you know, it's going to be a really interesting year to see what we bring to the table. Um, Looking forward to the season, you know, new offense coordinator, new defense coordinator, a really tough schedule. And, uh, you know, definitely circle your calendars for September 3rd. The trip to Montana is going to be really telling. You know, can we compete to the level we need to to be a playoff contender? Or will we just be an easy win for Montana? Um, definitely ball in the court and looking forward to it. want to thank you for listening into this episode. Uh, lots of stuff going on. Baseball and softball will be in full swing pretty soon. Going to cover them as soon as uh, the season approaches. Men's and women's basketball getting to the heart of conference play. Football starting to take shape for next year. So a lot of interesting things going on around Northwestern. A lot of things to be excited about. And, of course, uh, hopefully sooner than later we'll have names for the new athletic director position. I want to thank you for listening. Have a great 2022, and hopefully we'll have a great weekend in basketball. Uh, going to also cover track next week as well. There were some great performances for track, but didn't have enough time to get to all of it. Uh, we'll cover track next week. We'll see you next Wednesday. As always, have a great day and Forkham Demons.